Today is 20 November, it's Sunday. I'm Charlie Garrett and this is the CG Prophecy Report. Funerals and fairy fat dudes. That and a lot of other things to go over on today's report. Let's see here, something interesting that came about earlier in the week, I thought I'd just throw it in. You've probably read about it, so I'm not gonna get into any detail, but it's just one of those happy moments of the week is that the Texas governor, immediately after winning election, what did he do? He invoked the invasion clause at the U.S.-Mexico border. That is an invasion clause that is authorized under the state constitution and the constitution of the United States of America. So he is now going to have people patrolling the borders He's going to have National Guard down there. They're going to do something that the U.S. government has been unwilling, not incapable of, unwilling to do. All right. So what we need to do is uh, two more years, and we're going to be at the end of this uh, administration, and we need to make sure that we vote people in that will actually work for the people of the United States of America, not a bunch of communists running this nation right now. Okay. Now we got some news from Israel from the Jerusalem Post. Jerusalem publishes zoning for new U.S. Embassy in Jerusalem. It's a done deal. It's there, and uh, it was a temporary building they were in, so now we have a new embassy that will be built. The Jerusalem Municipality published the zoning description for a new U.S. Embassy complex in the capital city. The embassy will be in an area known by its British Mandate-era name, Camp Allenby. The complex will include an embassy, offices, residences, parking, and security structures. The buildings can be no more than 10 stories high, and the wall surrounding the area will be 3.5 meters high. The U.S. Embassy in such a central part of the city will upgrade the urban landscape of the neighborhood and connect it to all areas of the capital through the light rail network that will stop almost at its doors. We hope that more countries will follow and move their embassies to our capital, Jerusalem, says the uh, person in Israel that was giving this briefing from the Times of Israel. Israel joins Mideast nations, including Iraq, Lebanon, to agree on climate action. Israel's Environmental Protection Minister attended a regional meeting alongside the Iraqi and Lebanese leaders at the Global Climate Conference taking place in Egypt. The minister's office said where the group pledged to work together to tackle climate change, Israel is still officially at war with Lebanon, and Israel and Iraq have no diplomatic relations and a history of hostilities. While Lebanon and Israel recently signed a landmark U.S.-brokered maritime agreement, any hint that the two states are open to cooperate even as part of a regional setting would be meaningful. Lebanon bans its citizens from having any contact with Israelis, and the sea deal was negotiated through American shuttle diplomacy with no Israeli or Lebanese officials ever publicly meeting. The meeting at the UN's COP27 climate conference in the Egyptian resort of Sharm el-Sheikh brought together politicians from Israel, Egypt, Lebanon, Jordan, Cyprus, Saudi Arabia, Oman, Bahrain, Qatar, the Emirates, Iraq, Kuwait, and the Palestinian Authority. So there you go. This is the one thing that is getting everybody in the world lined up in unison with each other, even if they hate each other, climate change. 
climate change is the one thing that's bringing everybody together. Imagine that. Something that you go outside right now in New York and you're going to see climate change, okay? And it ain't global warming from the times of Israel. Israel reaches agreement with Qatar to allow direct flights during the World Cup. Imagine that. They're actually going to allow them to fly directly. Israel's reached an agreement with FIFA and Qatar to allow direct charter flights from Ben Gurion Airport to Qatar for the World Cup, which begins on November 20th. Israel and Qatar do not have diplomatic relations necessitating the agreement, and I'm just surprised that they made that agreement. Unbelievable. Times of Israel. After a four-year gap, Turkey appoints a new envoy to Israel amid reproachment. I mentioned this last week that they were working on reproachment, and sure enough, they've appointed an envoy. New ambassador named as Sakir Ozkan can't pronounce his last name, I won't even try, who was previously the Turkish Consul General in Jerusalem. So they are working to mend the uh, past breaches in the wall that they've had between the two of them. From the Jerusalem Post, Israel, U.S. working together to counter threat of hypersonic missiles. I don't know if you heard about this, but Iran has said that they have hypersonic missiles now. You don't know if they do or not. I mean, they're not to be trusted with anything they say, but Israel was concerned about hypersonic missiles in the region long before Iran announced that it had developed such weapons and had been working with the USMDA to counter any such threats. Hypersonic missiles are not yet a threat in the region, but they are a big concern. According to the officer, due to the threat, Israel has been working hand-in-hand with the USMDA. Israel Missile Defense Organization and MDA are key partners in numerous air defense projects. Washington and Israel have also signed an agreement that would see the U.S. come to Israel in assistance with missile defense in times of war, and the two militaries have held numerous joint air defense in recent years. Though Israel is multi-layered air defense umbrella, including the Iron Dome, Arrow 2, Arrow 3, David Sling, and the still-in-development Iron Beam laser system, there is still no system that can intercept hypersonic missiles. Due to the emerging threat, MDA requested $225 million for hypersonic missile defense in its fiscal 2023 budget request. MDA has been working on developing missile interceptors to hit hostile hypersonic missiles with another hypersonic missile known as Glide Phase Interceptor. The GPI would take out the hostile missile in the glide phase of its flight when it is most vulnerable. It is also working on a space-based system to take out hostile missiles that are hard to track, such as hypersonic missiles. The program would see a multi-layered system that would bring together satellite-based sensors, ground radars, and more in order to locate, track, and intercept hypersonic missiles. That's pretty cool. If anybody can do it, I would say it would be Israel. So we'll just see where that goes. We have some news concerning Christianity here from the Daily Beast. The word, if you saw this, you know, it's just one of those maddening things that people throw out there, and it's not very clear thinking on people's part, but uh, actually it's just an agenda on their part. But here we go. It's unclear thinking on the Christians that say, oh, I didn't know that. The word homosexual is in the Bible by mistake. The explosive documentary that is under attack 
The first time the word homosexual appeared in the Bible was in 1946. That year, a committee gathered to translate an updated English version of the book from Greek. Religious scholars, priests, theologians, linguists, anthropologists, and activists have done decades of research and investigation into the instances where the word appears in the book. Their conclusion is that it was a mistranslation. In other words, the biblical assertion that homosexuality is a sin, the catalyst for an entire shift in culture with political repercussions, religious implications, consequences for LGBT rights and acceptance, and frankly, deadly results was, they allege, a mistake. Well, let me take you through a couple of verses that I wrote down here. I just This will take a second, and I just want you to uh, uh, have an idea of what's going on here. I'm going to take you first to the first book in the Bible. Anybody know what that is here? Genesis. Oh, we got a smart crew today. Uh, Genesis 19, verse 5 says, um, And they called to Lot and said to him, Where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out so that we may know them carnally. Does anybody know what that means? Do you need to have a word to explain it, or does it just tell you what it means? Okay? I, I will tell you something. When you, when you hear somebody say, Well, the word Trinity is never in the Bible. It's explained in the Bible. It doesn't matter if the word is in there. The word rapture is never in the Bible. It doesn't matter. It's explained in the Bible. Just because something isn't used in the Bible in an explicit word, it doesn't mean that it's not said in there. Okay? I'm going to take you to Leviticus next, which is what book of the Bible? Anybody? Third book of the Bible. Okay, Leviticus 18.22. I only got one response there, so the the uh, numbers are dwindling. Okay, Leviticus 18, verse 22 says, You shall not lie with a male as with a woman. Does anybody know what that means? Okay, next one. I'm going to take you to Romans. Um, let's see here. Romans 127 is our next stop going through the Bible. Okay, let's see here. Can anybody tell me what the book before Romans is? Ah, Acts. Okay, that came right out, too. That was fast. Okay, Romans 1.27. I'll read you this if I can ever turn the page. It's, you know, they got these small little pages, and it's hard to grab them sometimes. Let's see here. Romans 1.27 says, Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust for one another, men committing what is shameful, and receiving in themselves the penalty of their error which was due. Once again, you don't need a word to define what it's being described there. It describes it. That's all you need. Okay? They're talking about a verse that says, I think it's from um, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, where it says homosexual offenders in some translations. And they're saying, well, that's an incorrect translation. Well, all you need to do is look at where it's explicitly stated and go from there. I'm going to take you to one more. This is in the book of Revelation. Does anybody know anything? The last book of the Bible. Can anybody tell me what number it is? What numbered book? 66. Listen to that. That was great. Okay, Revelation 22, verse 15 says, But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Okay, I don't want to be too explicit here, but the word dogs is not speaking of actual dogs. It is speaking of the position a person assumes during a certain act. 
Okay, that is comes from the book of Deuteronomy, and it's brought back into the Bible in the last page of the Bible. Jesus saying, who is not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Okay, we don't need that word in the Bible to know that the Bible condemns that word. Okay, so next article from Pink News. Senior bishops join chorus of calls for Church of England to allow same-sex marriage. They're going down the tubes so quickly in England, it's unbelievable. Bishops, and I'm not talking about England in general, I'm talking about the Church of England, okay? It's the same thing as the Episcopal Church, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Bishops across the country have called for the COE to allow same-sex marriage after the Bishop of Oxford became the highest-ranking church official to do so. The wrong reverend, Dr. Stephen Croft, Bishop of Oxford, published a powerful 52-page essay calling same-sex weddings to be allowed in the COE churches and for clergy to be allowed to enter into their own same-sex marriages. Despite overwhelming support for LGBTQ LMNOP inclusion among church members, and the fact that its Scottish counterpart, the Scottish Episcopal Church, has embraced marriage equality, the COE does not perform same-sex marriages. It also refuses to bless same-sex civil unions. And although LGBTQ plus clergy members are allowed to be in same-sex relationships, they cannot marry and are forced to remain celibate to retain their positions. Does anybody think that they're doing that? No. Okay. In his essay, Croft acknowledged the acute pain and distress of LGBTQ plus people in the life of the church and apologized that his own views were slow to change. Following Croft's essay, the bishops of Worcester, Dudley, Buckingham, Reading, and Dorchester have all spoken out in support of same-sex marriage in the COE. John Ng, Bishop of Worcester, and Martin Gorick, Bishop of Dudley, produced a joint open letter to clergy in which they said that the time has come for the church to celebrate and honor same-sex relations. So this doesn't matter. This is irrelevant in the Church of England. What matters is the timing, the culture, the views of individuals. It has nothing to do with the Word of God. From the Christian Post, UMC announces new date for general conference that will tackle the LGBT debate. From the Christian Post, UMC body elects openly gay bishop in defiance of denominations' rules. A regional body of the UMC has voted to promote a man in a same-sex marriage to the office of bishop, despite denominational rules prohibiting such a move. The UMC Western Jurisdiction voted to make Reverend or the Unreverend Cedric D. Bridgeforth of the California Pacific Conference a bishop. From the Christian Post, Texas Megachurch votes to leave the broken UMC. Finally, a Texas megachurch has voted overwhelmingly to leave the UMC, believing that the mainline Protestant denomination is a broken institution. White's Chapel, a South Lake-based congregation, voted to disaffiliate from the UMC, with 2,338 voting in favor of leaving, 160 voting against, and seven members abstaining. Well, the 167 can go find another church. Some news from the Mideast and Africa today from Breitbart. 
UK to dump migrants in rural areas as bids to fix channel crisis fail. Okay, we've got them coming in and we just want to be fair. And so we're going to take them and put them in places that are very rural. This is the idea of liberals in this world, okay? British authorities appear to be aiming to dump asylum seekers in more rural areas as the government continues to fail to get a handle on the ongoing channel migrant crisis. And they just get a handle on the crisis and then they wouldn't have to do this. But that's not the intent. That's not the intent at all. And that will not happen. Immigration Minister Robert Jenrick has reportedly told politicians that the government is looking at moving more asylum seekers into rural areas of the country. So we're just going to ruin the entire nation, okay? It comes as Rishi Sunak's government continues the conservative party tradition, listen to this, of failing to get a handle on mass migration. They're the ones that pass the law to send these people to Rwanda. And then, of course, the left comes in and sues them and the plane never took off. Okay, it's the conservative party's fault, even though they've taken every action possible to get rid of these people. Let's see, where was I? With thousands of arrivals continuing to flood into the country from non-war zones every month, we are now seeking to procure accommodation more broadly in smaller cities, towns, and indeed some cases in rural areas. That does mean, I'm afraid, that as long as numbers are so high that more parts of the country experience this issue, but it does ensure greater, here it is, fairness as to how, as a country, we tackle it. So now all the ladies out in the country are going to get raped. That's what's going to happen. From the Jerusalem Post, Iran announces production of, here it is, we just did an article on the Christian section, new hypersonic ballistic missile. Iran's IRGC Aerospace Force has announced the production of a new hypersonic ballistic missile. The new missile can penetrate advanced air defense systems to hit its targets. It has a high velocity and can maneuver below and above Earth's atmosphere. I don't think any technology will be found for tens of years that will be capable of countering it. Iran has sent hundreds of short-range ballistic missiles like the Fateh-110 and Zulfagar to Russia in recent months for use in its war against Ukraine. Such missiles can strike anywhere in the country, further targeting Ukraine's battered energy infrastructure. And now they claim they have hypersonic missiles from the times of Israel UN atomic watchdog. I've been saying this week after week. It's just another confirmation of what we've already heard, but want you to know it's going on. Iran further increasing stockpile of highly enriched uranium. The UN atomic watchdog says it believes that Iran has further increased its stockpile and criticized Tehran for continuing to bar the agency's officials from accessing or monitoring Iranian nuclear sites. In its quarterly report, the IAEA said that according to its assessment, Iran has an estimated 62.3 kilograms of uranium enriched up to 60% fissile purity. That amounts to an increase of 6.7 kilograms since the IAEA's last report. The enrichment to 60 cent purity is one short technical step away from weapons grade levels of 90%. It is very quick. It's not like you get to 2%, it takes a long time. Get to 10%, a little less. Get to 60%, not so long. Get to 90, snap your fingers and it's done. Non-proliferation experts have warned in recent months that Iran now has enough 60% enriched uranium to reprocess into fuel for at least one nuclear bomb. 
The IAEA report also estimated that Iran's stockpile of all enriched uranium was at 3,673.7 kilograms, a decrease of 267.2 kilograms since the last quarterly report in September. The Vienna-based IAEA said it was unable to verify the exact size of Iran's stockpile of enriched uranium due to limitations that Tehran imposed on UN inspectors last year and the removal of the agency's monitoring and surveillance equipment in June at sites in Iran. So they're just flubbing their nose at the world and people still want to make deals with these people. From the Times of Israel, Belgian police officer killed in suspected terror stabbing. A lone assailant killed one police officer and wounded another Thursday a week ago in a stabbing attack that two Belgian judicial officials said was suspected to be terrorism linked. The suspect was shot and taken to a hospital. The newspaper Het Laatse News reported the suspect had gone to a police station warning that he would kill an officer. The ACV police trade union said in a Facebook post that it had information a person had gone to police earlier in the day threatening an attack. It added that the judicial authorities did not arrest him. According to Belgian media, the attacker shouted, Allah Akbar, the Arabic phrase for God is greater. I always get an email. Somebody says it means God is greater. Yes, that's true. God is greater during the attack, which occurred around 7.15 p.m. So he's yelling Allah Akbar. He told him he was going to kill a police officer, and they're not sure. They're suspecting that this might be terror. <laughs> you don't identify the problem, you'll never get the cure. And secondly, if you're going to shoot somebody like they did, uh, don't shoot him to put him in the hospital. That's going to cost you tax dollars. You shoot to get rid of the person. From Mail Online, Taliban. Okay, the Taliban. I've heard of them somewhere. They're... <laughs> The Taliban bans women from fun fairs, that's like an amusement park, parks, and gyms in latest crackdown on female freedoms. Oh, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. It's not going to happen. Mail Online, Taliban adopts full Sharia law in Afghanistan. This is just like two days later. Judges are ordered by Islamic groups leader to enforce stonings, floggings, and limb amputations. That'll never happen. It'll never happen. Now something interesting from Mongolia. Prensa Latina. Parliamentarians from Mongolia and Mexico strengthen ties. This is a problem. This may be the ending of the world here. <laughs> During a meeting via internet held on November 9th, members of parliamentary groups of the Great Hurl Friendship of Mongolia and the Mexican Congress expressed their willingness to strengthen ties for the benefit of both nations and highlighted the progress achieved so far. Uh, I can't pronounce the guy's name. President of the Mongolian organization assured that the diplomatic ties have been actively developing and he also highlighted progress in education, culture, art, sports, and disaster risk reduction, the news agency said. So this is going on between Mexico just south of our border, and Mongolia, right by China. I think we've got a problem here, folks. Daniel prophesied that technology would increase in the end times. From Vice, Palmer Lucky made a VR headset. Did anybody hear about this? This is a guy that basically invented the VR headset that they use for Facebook, okay? That kills the user if they die in the game. 
He really developed it. Now, this is like something from a movie. They've had these in movies in the past, and this guy did it. Palmer Lucky, defense contractor and the father of modern virtual reality, has created a VR headset that will kill the user if the user dies in the game they're playing. Lucky is the founder of Oculus, a company he sold to Facebook in 2014 for $2 billion. This is the technology that Mark Zuckerberg rebranded as the foundation for Meta. Lucky's killer headset looks like a MetaQuest Pro hooked up with three explosive charge modules that sit above the screen. The charges are aimed directly at the user's forebrain and should they go off would obliterate the head of the user. This is like a frontal lobotomy on steroids, okay? Is he going to demonstrate? Well, we'll get to that in a second. The idea of tying your life, your real life, to your virtual avatar has always fascinated me. You instantly raise the stakes to the maximum level and force people to fundamentally rethink how they interact with the virtual world and the players inside it. Now, this is like the Roman Colosseums of the past where if you lost, they just killed you or, okay, this is that kind of thinking. Pumped up graphics might make a game look more real, but only the threat of serious consequences can make a game feel real to you and every other person in the game. Now, this makes me think of Ghostbusters. Remember, he was there and the guy was had the uh, probes hooked up to him. And if you guessed what card he was holding, it was an ESP evaluation. You guessed what card he was holding, you got no shock. But if you didn't guess it, then you get shocked. And so Bill Murray is holding up these cards and he's got a beautiful girl over here and this little dorky guy over here. And he says, what card am I holding? And the girl says, it's a star. And you look at the card and it's a square. And he goes, that was very good. And then the guy says, what am I holding now? And it would be three wavy lines. And the guy would say, well, I see three wavy lines. And he'd say, no. And this is kind of the thinking here, okay? The players have to fight their way through a 100-floor dungeon to escape. If they die in the game, they die in real life. Lucky published his post about the killer headset on November 6th, the day that Sword Art Online went live in the world of the game's fiction. The good news is that we are halfway to making a true Nerve Gear. The bad news is that so far, I have only figured out the half that kills you, Lucky said. In SAO, the Nerve Gear kills players with a microwave emitter. According to Lucky, the device's creator was able to hide from his employers, regulators, and contract manufacturing partners. Unable to make the perfect recreation, Lucky opted for explosive module charges. He tied them to a narrowband photo sensor that detects the headset views with a specific red screen that flashes at a specific frequency. When an appropriate game over screen is displayed, the charges fire, instantly destroying the brain of the user. Lucky wrote that he wants to keep tinkering. I have plans for an anti-tamper mechanism that, like the nerve gear, will make it impossible to remove or destroy the headset. So if you decide, I want to do this, and you're halfway through the game, you can't take it off. Even so, there are a huge variety of failures that could occur and kill the user at the wrong time. This is why I have not worked up the guts to actually use it myself. So there's the answer to your question. This is, this is demented. This is the world that we're living in right now. We're, we've gone into the realm of the demented. Amen. 
It's a dangerous world, yeah, <laughs> including the inevitable plagues the book of Revelation prophesies of. Okay, this is from Zero Hedge, and this is pretty much our only article from this section today. The funeral business is booming, and not because of COVID. How bad is the rise in mortality? So bad funeral companies, now this is funeral companies. This is something they just report their numbers, okay? Funeral companies are starting to worry. Service Corporation International, the largest for-profit funeral operator in North America, had its quarterly earnings call. So far in 2022, the company has made almost $500 million in profits, and its stock is up over 15% since last week's earning report. SCI's management seems fairly open with investors. The underlying funeral business is slow growth and very predictable, at least it used to be. If you go back in this industry, and especially with SEI, year to year, you would see the numbers of deaths. Probably in one year, you might be down 1% or 2%. In the next year, you're up 1% or 2%, which you could predict was pretty good accuracy over a year and over a big footprint like ours, what was probably going to happen. 2020 comes along. COVID. Game changer, right? We're having to do, at one point of time, 20% more funerals, which is unheard of in a year versus, let's say, a year or two before. So Service Corporation expected that once COVID passed, its business would go back to normal. Only that's not what happened. What we're telling you is the third quarter of this year, we did 15% more calls than we did in the third quarter of 2019. That is not what anybody would have anticipated, and that has just a very de minimis amount of COVID deaths. In other words, there's only a couple COVID deaths in relation to the high numbers. COVID is gone, but people keep dying. Why? Unsurprisingly, Ryan did not mention mRNA vaccines anywhere. Why would he? Doing so would only make for headaches he and Service Corporation do not need. But earlier in the call, he did point to more cancer deaths and more broadly a decline in overall health. We believe these excess services are more permanent in nature into a combination of aging demographics, higher risk, less healthy lifestyle developed during the pandemic. Ryan also suggested delayed medical care that might be an issue. These explanations are strained at best, aging demographics are hardly new, and the lockdowns that drove a less healthy lifestyle ended as early as mid-2020 in most red states, and by early 2021, almost everywhere. Opioids and overdoses generally remain a horrendous crisis, but deaths appear to have peaked in early 2022 and fallen slightly since. And for all the discussion of delays in medical care, hospitals and doctors' offices have functioned essentially normally for at least 18 months. In any case, the U.S. is hardly alone in seeing a large and so far unexplained spike in deaths in 2022. Countries from Germany to Australia to Taiwan are seeing similar trends. They all have something in common. No points for guessing what. Morality is declining. Breitbart. California enshrines abortion until birth. Rejects sports gambling. Wow. Yeah. Breitbart. These are some of the things that came out on the election here. Vermont votes to enshrine constitutional right to abortion. 
Daily Caller. Michigan votes to legalize abortion up to 24 weeks of gestation. Fox, Montana shamed as residents vote no on measure to protect babies after they are born. Just the news. Swalwell says parent oversight of education like putting patients in charge of their own surgeries. This is the thinking of the left in this nation. You have charge over what your children do in school. It's like doing your own surgery. That man is crazy. From PJ Media, a fat dude won a woman's beauty pageant because transgender. The Miss Greater Dairy pageant is a part of the Miss America organization. The fat dude's victory in the pageant means that he not only robbed a real girl of the crown and title, but also a scholarship. The Miss Greater Dairy Scholarship Program was founded in 1986 to provide scholarships to young women between the ages of 17 and 24 living in the Greater Dairy area, recognizing their outstanding achievements in scholastic aptitude, talent, character, community service, and poise. (laughs) Newsmax. British Airways goes gender neutral. British Airways will allow male pilots to dress as women with makeup and handbags in a tremendous overhaul of the existing uniform rules. If I was on an airplane and I saw the pilot walk in like that, I would get off that airplane. Airline bosses wrote in an internal memo, be bold, be proud, and be yourself. They hoped the new guidance would be embraced by everyone regardless of gender, gender identity, ethnicity, background, culture, sexual identity, or otherwise. Okay, we got some other news from around the world. From Newsmax, Sun Sentinel, Florida is crimson hellscape after election. They are not happy at the Sun Sentinel. After Tuesday's stunning election results, the state's political transformation is now nearly complete. Good! From deep purple battlegrounds to crimson hellscape, an ideal launch pad for Governor Ron DeSantis' presidential aspirations, wrote the editorial board, later to replace hellscape with landscape. Oh, they, they got in trouble over that, apparently. Editors accused DeSantis of racial gerrymandering. Now, how is that possible when he won the entire state? and said it would be impossible for Democrats to slow down an extremist GOP agenda. Good. We now await a second-term agenda that may feature an open carry gun law. Good. Tighter abortion restrictions. Good. New strategies to suppress the vote. No. And more charter flights for out-of-state migrants. Good. Presented with even more of the governor's trademark hubris, wrote the board. The Sun Sentinel credited DeSantis for a 19-point blowout victory that was historic and nothing short of astounding. He carried 62 out of 67 counties, establishing a sea of red, reflecting an epic democratic collapse. Good. DeSantis earned more than 1.5 million votes than his opponent. In 2018, DeSantis won by only 33,000 votes. Senator Marco Rubio from Florida also has a double-digit victory over Representative Val Demings. For the first time since the Civil War, listen to this, not a single Democrat holds a statewide office. 
After this midterm meltdown, Florida Democrats have dug themselves such a deep hole that it's impossible to see a path to relevance, suggesting the party not to point fingers or seek scapegoats, but instead focus on a long-term strategy to engage young people and Hispanics, register voters, and recruit stronger candidates. What a happy day for the people of Florida. From San Francisco Gate, California Sheriff's Office will no longer patrol during the day due to catastrophic staffing. The Tehama County Sheriff's Office has announced that as of November 20th, November 20th, there will be no daytime patrols anywhere in the county. The Northern California County has a population of around 66,000 and covers almost 3,000 square miles between Redding and Chico. The county has a significantly higher crime rate than the state and national averages. Its most populous city, Red Bluff, has a violent crime rate of nearly 9.79 per 1,000 residents, making it less safe than 97% of cities in the country. And they're getting rid of their daytime police force. (laughs) Gateway Pundit. Coincidence? Zelensky calls for peace just days after FTX is caught. Now, I know you've been following this. I hope you have. But this is just one article out of hundreds I could have read on this particular scandal. The CEO of now bankrupt FTX admitted that FTX was nothing more than a laundromat for the Ukrainian government. TGP previously reported that the now bankrupt FTX was transferring international funding to FTX and then laundering money back from the Ukraine to the Democrat Party. Bankman Freed was the second largest donor for Democrats this last election cycle, only behind mega donor George Soros. Bankman Freed gave at least 38 to $40 million to Democrats, leftist causes, PACs, and candidates. Bankman Freed floated the idea of spending upwards of $1 billion in the 2024 presidential election if Trump is the nominee for the Republicans. The billions of dollars that the U.S. sent to Ukraine over the past two decades need to be audited and investigated. And just like that, on Monday, Ukrainian leader Zelensky called for peace with Russia. President Zelensky, we are ready for peace, peace for our entire country. Breitbart, Iowa voters passed Public Measure 1, designating the right to bear arms a fundamental individual right. This is what we need in Florida. DeSantis, I'm sure, is looking at this right now. Iowa voters overwhelmingly passed Public Measure 1, enshrining the right to keep and bear arms in the state's constitution and making the passage of new gun control restrictions extremely difficult. The amendment passed by a margin of 66%. Article 1 of the Constitution of State of Iowa is amended by adding the following new section. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The sovereign state of Iowa affirms and recognizes this right to be a fundamental individual right. Any and all restrictions of this right shall be subject to strict scrutiny. Absolutely. American Military News. One million plus guns sold for the 39th month in a row, says the National Shooting Sports Foundation. That's 39 million guns. People do not want what the left is pushing. They do not want it.
Okay, who said it? I don't think anybody's going to get it, but this person is well known. We have to remember that the Jewish people never, ever lost their faith, even in the face of all the persecution, and as a result have come to have their own promised land and to have Jerusalem as a capital city again. Very famous person, same time as Ronald Reagan, Margaret Thatcher. Okay, I got a lesser here for you. Let's see if you can figure out what he's writing about. There's a game that has people aghast. What may be fun for some is a blast. <laughs> Through the nose, they may pay. Have a short time to play. Be here one moment. Next, he will have passed. Okay, got a little irony. And this is echo for thee, but not for me. From Zero Hedge, a paradoxical situation. Germany is dismantling a wind farm to make way for a coal mine. And then Fox News, Michigan mayor installs gas line in home after pushing for citywide electrification. Yeah, such is the world in which we live. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett, and that is your CG Prophecy Report for the week.